The winter break is underway, so today we thought we'd bring you a bit of a different episode. You, I think you're going to like it. It is our unpopular footballing opinions. We want to hear from you. Stay tuned. We're going to give at least three unpopular opinions each. Let us know whether you agree or disagree. But without further ado, roll that intro. Hello and welcome to the Lost in Possession podcast. As I said, today we are doing unpopular footballing opinions. We think it's going to be a good one. Let's not hang about. However, before we do start, one favour ask. Please do us a favour. If you like the content, hit that subscribe button. It is free as always. Right, let's get cracking. Reese, kick us off. Make it a good one. What is one of your unpopular football opinions? Okay, let me get my book out here. Um... I'm going with this one, actually. The current Bayern Munich team would only be in top four contention in the Premier League. Probably even struggle to get top four. I don't know. I don't know. They're really not that good. They're really not that good. I'll start if you're unsure. On, yeah. I, I, I disagree because I know they're not. they're not probably in the best form right now but let's say you're saying like at the end of the season they probably wouldn't get top four or they might scrape top four is that kind of yeah the premise yeah so that's where i don't agree i think at the moment their form hasn't been good enough so that's where they may be in the top four part of it but i think who's in the top four and it's villa and spurs in that contention and i think they're better than both both of them yeah. I get right now, you might go, you know what, they might be sixth because their form hasn't been great. But I think by the end of the season, they'd pick up enough points to beat beat Villa, beat Spurs in terms of the standings. And then I don't see why they couldn't catch up sort of this, Arsenal. This is a Thomas Tuchel team. So they would beat Spurs <laughs> Villa, then they would lose... To Burnley and Luton, and then they'd throw it away to um, Palace at home. He's, you know, other than the new manager bounce where he got the Champions League win, there's a bit too much hype about him. That's not being disrespectful, but I think there is. And I, the team are in arguably, in my opinion, the poorest league of the lot, even though there's goals scored. They, they absolutely struggled last year. They struggled last year. They're struggling again. It's really not that good. Yeah, I agree with you on the Tuchel point, really. I think his form in the league for Chelsea wasn't good enough. He did well in, he did well in cup competitions, really. Although his last game was a cup competition that he lost. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I... I... I think your point's valid, Jamie. I'd, I'd say you'd still back them to beat Spurs and Villa, who are currently in the mix. And I can't imagine, you know, regardless of how Arsenal are doing, if you put them in the Champions League, if they draw Arsenal, who are you, who are you backing to get through in that game? I, I, I'm still backing Bayern because of the experience. And I, I, I don't think City would, would absolutely obliterate them, personally. So I, I'd, I'd have to disagree, I'd say. Let's let's move on. And as always, people watching now, pause the video. Give us your thoughts on that one to start us off. Uh, all right, Jamie, next up, what you got? 
the yep go on the rivalry between united and arsenal wasn't that big because it was so one-sided and it obviously favored man united i think it was overrated in terms of an actual rivalry reese i'll let you i'll come to you first since you're involved um I disagree because I think even though it was one-sided, it was still very competitive, but it echoes the current Liverpool-Man City rivalry where Man City are the United and Liverpool the Arsenal. City win the more trophies over the short period of time, but Liverpool have that one or two years of upset in it. But overall, Man United, in this case Man City, are miles ahead. But I think in terms of the this competition mostly between Keane and Vieira and obviously the Van Nistelrooy situation etc did amplify it a lot and the whole um, you know these Cockneys turning up playing fancy football wearing long sleeves and gloves versus a short you know t- tough Northerners short sleeves in the winter kind of team it was everything you wanted in a rivalry polar opposites yeah, I I think you hit the nail on the head there. To be honest, like the stats, the stats do show, in my opinion, that United were you know were the dominant party. But I still remember that being a pretty iconic rivalry during that time. And in terms of quality, like we saw with Invincibles, etc., like there was still a good equal amount of quality. But the yeah, the Liverpool City analogy is kind of true. Two top quality teams capable of matching each other, but City City are the winners right now in terms of the league form, anyway. Because one thing I want to add to this point, if you look at United when they were dominant in their period, Arsenal won three titles. So did Chelsea in that same period. But we don't talk about Chelsea-United being this great rivalry. Okay, they might have some big games. And that's sort of like similar to what City and Liverpool have. It's big games and Arsenal-United had big games. But I don't think it was as big of a rivalry as what it was ma- as what it was made out it was arsenal coming second majority of the time and it was more when were united going to win it and it took an invincible season for them to knock united off yeah i agree with that perspective because i think as well united still had liverpool and leeds they hated more at that time so it's quite one sided in the sense of that I do agree with that. Um, it was the most interesting fixture for a top two side for oh, a long yeah. time. It, it was Blackburn, but yeah, it was it was very interesting. But yeah, I think I think in terms of rivalries go, it's probably been the better one in comparison to some others I've seen that isn't local. Yeah. All right, let, let's move on. I've got quite a big one to start us off, and I know I'll get one nibble. Um, Pep Guardiola is overrated. Now, I'll, I'll give a bit of context. Obviously, his record is phenomenal and he is a great manager. But my counterpoint is that he's only ever had success and only ever had the opportunities at your Barca's, your Bayern's and Cities, who have all been near enough a top team and have virtually had an unlimited budget. Discuss. I'll start off. Unlimited budget 
yeah at City definitely I don't think he had an unlimited budget at Bayern but Bayern could buy their league and Barca still had to deal with Real Madrid in that league um however what Pep has done is stuff that we've never, never seen before City getting centurions City winning five premier sorry five trophies in one calendar year um he won six in one year for Barca it's sort of things we've not seen before and you you can talk about Sir Alex Ferguson in the Premier League era Pep has broken nearly every record he has and if he stays as long and stays for I, I can't remember how many years Alex Ferguson was in charge United but if he stays for that long Pep will probably break every single record that he has and I think Sir Alex Ferguson at the moment you have to say is the best manager in Premier League history but if Pep stays longer he will surpass it and will break 90% of records. And I think he, I think the only thing he actually possibly you can say is underachieved is the Champions Leagues, really, because that's probably where you factor in. Because Bayern, you normally win the league with them. Barca, it's a mix between Real Madrid and Barca. Um, and then City's only 1 1, where I know you've been vocal saying he should have won more. Or won it before, then. So I, yeah. I still think he's won enough of the Champions Leagues. He's won. I think he's won more than Sir Alex Ferguson. He's won the same as Mourinho. Is Mourinho on three? Or is he won two? Mourinho's on three. Ferguson should be on three. No. I think he's only won two. two United. On two. Ferguson's on two. Yeah. So, on like, he's, still, he's still up there on numbers. The only people who surpass him is Ancelotti and there might be someone else I just can't think of so I think he's got all the stats and the records and the way he plays football is just why I don't believe he's overrated he has the money but he also backs it up completely you're not going to go down to you're not going to play a a football manager sort of save for him and go down to a league two side to see if you can go and win the Champions League because that's just not the real world I'd love to see that though. To my point, I'd oh, yeah, love to yeah, see him yeah, even at a championship side. Just can can he do it without that? You know, without the funds and without the sort of the history, I, I guess, if you want to call hard it. To, hard to break into the sort of big six, if that makes sense, in the Premier League. If he did a championship side, because yeah. the money is there and the money does talk in a lot of aspects. Yeah. Reece, yeah, any... at the end of the day, yeah, look, this guy's a genius. He's changed football everyone look at all these teams now everyone wants to play the same way man city do they don't want to play like barcelona do they want to play like man city do when he was at barcelona it was they wanted to play like barcelona etc etc everyone goes on about the money but you have to spend money to be successful in football you can't win trophies without spending anything that is a fact that is proof of what you've seen the only exception is leicester and again that's why this top six teams collapsing completely you have to spend money to be successful. He makes players on different levels. Look what he got out of Sterling there. As frustrating as Sterling was at times, he made him an animal. Absolute animal. You know, he's... The points he's even... In a more competitive league as well, let's say, where there is more money between teams, there is more, you know, finances involved, etc. than what, say, Ferguson had during his time. So, he's, he's not overrated. He's, he's world-class. But I agree, I'd love to... S- chuck him in the middle of, I don't know, just put him in Northampton, see what he would get out of those players. But because he's a manager and a coach, he would coach those players to a different level, I still believe. 
Okay. Um, let's come straight back round to you, Reese. What's your second one for us? I get out my book of unpopular opinions. Um, I'd probably say this one isn't controversial, actually. I'm going to say Kevin De Bruyne is the best Premier League midfielder of all time. 103 assists, closing in on gigs is 162. Can't knock it. I'd... Do you want me to start? Oh. Yeah, go on, go on. <laughs> Absolutely, he is. He absolutely is. He comes up with such clutch moments. He brings so much to the side. And you've got Klopp, who's top of the league, going, Kevin De Bruyne was training, the whole country is shaking. It's That's how good he is. And I don't think it is recency bias because we're fa- like the people he's compared against to for the best midfielder role has got such heavily... English biased against him. That's how good he is. He's fighting against that. And the way he plays, I don't think any of you can disagree. It is a joy to watch how he plays football. And he does stuff that I can only dream of doing. If you even if you talk about the Newcastle, the goal he scored, I said I was with you, Jordan. I just said, I was like, I don't understand how he's done that. Like I can only think about how I could pass it from 25 yards into the goal where the keeper can't physically stop it and I, I think he's just an absolute brilliant player and has been for years and he's got one small blemish on his record which was his flop time at Chelsea really and that could down, that could be down to poor man management really because he went to Wolfsburg and he won he won the player of the year I think once at least it against against when Bayern were very dominant for Wolfsburg. It was so I think he's even got the argument the way we've said about Pep going to a lower team. He's done it and showed he can beat the big boys with a lower lower team because he won he won Wolfsburg a cup for him. Yeah, I, I don't think it's an unpopular opinion, as in I don't think it's controversial to say he is. Um I he's definitely in for me probably the top three, maybe even top two. Um, in terms of him being the greatest of all time, I do think it is recency bias. The best, the best Premier League midfielder of all time is Frank Lampard, and you can call it bias, but it's it's a fact. The stats show it. Uh, trust me, as a season to go to watching him, the differences in this day and age. De Bruyne does a lovely assist, and everyone's kissing his ass on social media. You've got to consider all these goals Lampard scored. Everything Lampard did, trust me, watch some clips. He He's done it all. He's done it all, but you didn't have this social media generation maybe overreacting. And in terms of stats, I don't have the assist numbers off the top of my head, but Lampard's goals as a midfielder, the way he, he stats alone, he is ranked up there with strikers. And the, I don't think they'll ever be another Premier League midfielder, personally for me, who is on that list with all-time... Like, he's up there with Omri, Aguero, uh, I think Rooney. Like, it's just completely ridiculous. He's six, so, by the way, ahead of Omri. There you go. So, for me, if I had to pick, I'd say Lampard number one. I'd probably chuck De Bruyne in second. But it's not controversial. Right, next yeah. up. There's a lot to disagree with there. So, again... 
hit us up in the comments. Let us know your thoughts. Um, Jamie, number two. Um, this is technically a bit of friendly fire on myself. <laughs> However, the great Aguero goal was actually a terrible, terrible shot. If you watch it, he's not put it in the corner. And as good, I can't remember the goalie's name, but he was terrific that day, annoyingly for me, in the crowd. He was so good that day at brilliant shots, and that was the one that got past him. Like, you think of any of the other shots in that game that should have gone past him that didn't, and then that one did. The actual shot was terrible. I know it's a bit friendly fire against myself, and you, it might actually be a popular opinion if people watch it back, because I saw it the other day on Sky Sports, and I was just like, what a terrible shot it was. Not that I care, it went in, that's all that mattered. But it was a terrible shot. I want to kind of see it again right now, just to confirm, but I, I do, I don't think that's unpopular. I do think that's kind of right. But as you said, yes, he fluffed the shot a little bit, but it doesn't matter. Like no one will ever care. So therefore I don't think it's that unpopular because it just doesn't matter. Like the importance of that goal will be hard to replicate. I don't think we'll ever see drama like that again. So it just doesn't matter. That's yeah. No, I agree. It, I remember it being a bit of a, it wasn't like a clean strike, was it? It was a, I've got the ball, I'm just going to hit it. Um, I think it was Paddy Kenny was the goalkeeper. So, yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, it wasn't. So, even you think these moments are confined by brilliant, you know, goals, and they're, they're not. They're, they're genuinely, what in some ways, luck, aren't they? Because that was it. I was watching the Sky Sports thing. They were doing like the PL30, so they watched different years. And I just remember hearing Michael Richards going, how oh, he was so composed with his finish and everything. And I was just watching, I was just like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he he went for pure power, no placement. Actually should have gone down because he was fouled in the penalty area. But it was, yeah, it was just a terrible shot. I know it might not be an unpopular opinion, but I think it's something that you don't really hear people talk of much. Fair play to him, though, for actually going for power. Too many strikers, they try and be clever or place it. He did exactly what a world-class striker should do and just hit it in that moment. All right, let's move on. We'll, we'll stick with the strikers, actually. So the next one, again, I, I did a TikTok on him yesterday. So if you're not following us on TikTok, make sure you are. Um, Darwin Nunes is a low-key baller. That's my opinion. I'll explain why. As the stat on TikTok said... He's the first Premier League player this season to register both 10 goals and 10 assists in all competitions. And you look at his you look at his underlying stats. XG is, I think, higher than any other player in the league, constantly creating chances, constantly, as, as the stat shows, getting assists. I think his misses from last season are impacting people's judgment. Completely agree. I think he's world class. I genuinely do. I think he is an absolute, I said 10 goals, 10 assists. I think he's an absolute menace up front. He always seems to be running around or he's always there in the box when you cross it in. He might not get it in every time, but he's a real pain in the ass. If, you know, he's the worst person you want to defend. You look at some of these strikers, they hang around, don't really do much. He does everything. And he always tries. Even if he doesn't score, at least he gives it a goal and he's got a bit of flair to him. So I think he's brilliant. And I think like, you know, he's exactly what Liverpool need up front. 
completely different to Firmino, who's a bit more calmer. Um, he's cooler. Well, I'm going to disagree. I think you, you, you provided the stat for me, Jordan, that says why he's not world-class or a baller. He's got the highest XG in the Premier League and he's not top goal scorer. He misses too many chances. You've got to be there. Like it's not. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just not saying he's actually great, world class, or anything. It's more you've got to take these chances. You can't have that highest XG in the league and not be top goal scorer, or at least one off, or something like that. He's got seven goals in the Premier League, and what that's half of Haaland and Salah. That if you've got the highest XG and you're someone's double doing goals. That's not good enough as a striker, in my opinion. So that's where I wouldn't I wouldn't have him as a baller. People love him for sort of like he he puts in tons of work. Um, his work rate's there, but he is just so unpredictable. You need to be consistent to be considered world class for me, and he he doesn't have that. He may in a few years, but yeah. right now he just doesn't. Yeah, I think he'll get there. Like the stats, also, you keep plugging away. In Europa. Yeah, true, true. Um, yeah, fair points. Fair points. Um, let's move on. Reese, back to you. I've got a couple here I think are pretty good. They're good mic droppers. Um, here we go. The man you treble was actually a little bit overrated. The Man United treble was a little bit overrated. I will say this now, Man City's was more impressive. Uh, my justification. The only reason I say that is because to get to the final, they had to get an extra time or a very late goal from Brian Giggs in the semi. They took the last game of the season to win the league and they got the two late goals at Bayern Munich. City didn't need to go to extra time, if I'm not mistaken, for any of those or go to a last game. So they did it all in good time. Whereas United, you know, that Bayern Munich team dominated Man United the whole game. Yes, it happened. Yes, it was great. And and I don't knock the achievement. I'd rather have that achievement on my name. But in terms of what it was, they took it right to the death near enough most of the time. So I think that's harsh. I think that's harsh. Um, I agree with what you're saying about the logic of Man City's. Like it was less sweaty, I guess. Which makes it, I suppose, more impressive. But a tre- for me, a treble's a treble. If you do it, you're one of the very few clubs to actually achieve it. You you can't take much away from them, in, in my opinion. I'm not taking anything away. Just saying that any other given day, like Arsenal's unbeaten season, wouldn't have happened if Fanish Roy didn't hit the bar. So, you know, it's those fine margins. Whereas City, I, I just didn't really have the fine margins, did they? Like, I'm obviously, like, I'm going to say Cities was better for, like, you. I just am, like, beating United in the final, beating the best team in Spain, in Germany, and one of the best in Italy. I don't think they were. I think Napoli won the, Napoli won the league last year, didn't they? So they were probably considered the best, but we battered Bayern at home, battered Real Madrid at home. We were very dominant in the Champions League. We, li- we didn't lose a game in the Champions League. 
Um, and then, yeah, we won the league while having a competitor of Arsenal got more points than what United did that year and didn't win it on didn't win it on the final day. And then, yeah, like I said, beating United in the final just made it, I think, a bit bigger in terms of that. But I do have to agree with, disagree with the initial comment. Doing a treble is unbelievable. It's something you just should. It just shouldn't happen when you've when you've got a league like the Premier League, where there are so many teams that can beat you on any given day. So I think to say it's overrated, I think it's very harsh, and it they would still be easily in my top five of best Premier League teams. I don't know I where. Slightly, to be fair, very slightly overrated. Don't, don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> you mentioned the word overrated, so I'm going to chuck it at you. Um, it's me, me backing up United, so... Yeah, it's a rare, rare occurrence. All right, Jamie, what's your next one? Okay, so this one, I think, is the one that's going to... People aren't going to like. Jude Bellingham is overrated right now. He is on brilliant form but he still isn't in that world-class category. And I've seen people put him in top best, uh, top 10 best footballers right now in terms of overall quality. And I don't see it yet. He, he could be, but right now I think he's overrated. I, I disagree. He's just phenomenal. Like he is just different gravy. I know what you're saying. Like, obviously, he's been at Dortmund. You can say Dortmund haven't won much. That that's probably the criticism of him. Nothing, nothing. By the way, Not yeah, much. no, I know, I know. That's but <laughs> um, he, I, I just think he's a phenomenal footballer. Like the fact one one his age, the way he plays, the way he speaks, it, it's the whole package, and to go to Real Madrid as a number. I know he's not playing there, but as a number five with all the hype, all the young age, and to basically go there and in in what, three, how many months it's been now, basically become their number one guy or the, the leader almost, it seems. Breaking, I believe, Ronaldo's record. And it's like, you know, we, I mentioned, we mentioned Lampard earlier and that ability to just score from midfield consistently. He's obviously not on that level. Like, it's so early to say that, but that's what he's doing. Like, that is the, potentially the category he can get to. And the fact he's doing it all at this age, I think he's a generational talent. Um, and barring a serious injury, I think he could go down as one of the best players of all time. And that adds to my argument. <laughs> That's <laughs> where I just think it's... I just don't see him being one of the best of all time. It's, it's comments like that that make me go, he's overrated, he hasn't fully done it yet. You got to remember, Real Madrid yeah. still aren't top. Of, Real Madrid still aren't top of the league, so he's still going to win. He's still at the moment winning no trophies in it. I, I know trophies aren't everything. He's had, a, like I said, form wise, he's done brilliantly. But I still think, give it a give it a few years time, and he won't be spoken in this same capacity. I still That's... disagree. <laughs> As someone who's been a fan of Bern Bellingham since watching him at Birmingham and hearing about his sort of talent before he broke into the team, 
I do agree with Jamie. I think he's overperforming. That's the problem. I mean, when you're scoring, what, 14 and 18 for a midfielder, that's not going to be sustained over time. It's He's just overperforming. You watch, they'll bring in a different striker. Things will change. He'll probably get, say, six goals next season. Doesn't mean he's not going to be rubbish. It means he's going to be world-class still. It's just overperforming his current expectations, and you can't carry that. For that sustainable time, Real Madrid certainly can't and he can't. He'll be consistent and he'll be brilliant, like Zidane levels of brilliance. But it's he's just overperforming currently at this moment in time in what really isn't a great Real Madrid side. So yeah, once you... they start to improve and build their team, it'll ease the pressure on him and he'll start to take a step back or so. Yeah. I do think that's what makes him look better as well is... Who else is the leader in there of that Real Madrid side? I'm not saying it's not it's good qualities from him to be sort of seen as like you're saying, what probably one of the number one guys there. But in the rest of that squad, there isn't that sort of like there isn't when Ronaldo was there, there wasn't the Modric behind him, Benzema at the at the in the team as well. So I think Real Madrid have slightly lacked of, and that I think's helped Bellingham in a way. But I feel like Real Madrid are, are sort of rebuilding. And I think in a few years' time, it just won't be mentioned in the same light it is now for Bellingham. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I don't, I don't think he's going to get this many goals every season because that's very hard to do. But he's still gone and done it with all the pressure, all the money, all the hype. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Again, pause the, pause the video. Let us know your thoughts on Bellingham. Um, all right, let's do a quick one to wrap up. Or should we just say say whatever ones we've got left? It's your third, so go with yours, George. You can be the final one. Cool. I'll go for the one with the team playing tonight, Brighton. Brighton will get relegated in the next five years. What are your thoughts on that? You know my thoughts on that. That's a fact. Let's not build it around the bush. <laughs> we know it's happening. Don't give me that rubbish. It happens to all the teams with this stupid, unsustainable model. It's going to happen. They're going to go down. I'm sorry, but it's true. As much as I like the team and the players, it's going to happen. You can't sustain it. You can't keep looking for all these players cheap. They'll all raise their prices. You'll eventually run out of players to buy. You'll eventually run out of players to replace. You will go down. I'm going to disagree because I I see them sustaining this easily for the next three years. And then you've got two years to what survive. I don't see them having a drop-off as big as what Leicester did. I don't see it happening like what Southampton have done. It may they may not be at hitting their heights that they are right now and sort of last season, but I don't think they're going to get relegated. I think they'll still be in a prem team, probably hitting around between like ten tenth and fourteenth, something like that. But I just don't I don't see them getting relegated because I think the gap between the Championship and the Premier League is becoming bigger and bigger, and right and benefit from that by having premier league money the so even though the the scouting will not continue as the way it has been because it's just not sustainable but i don't see them getting relegated i'll give you a juice there the southampton relied mostly on their academy brighton don't really rely on their academy they already buy players they've exposed the lazy they've exposed the flaws in the system 
loads of teams probably looking at, say, Moises Caicedo, for example, didn't decide to make the move and then paid treble, quadruple, five times the price of what they should have done. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, they've yeah. exposed they've exposed that system quite a lot and made sure that teams should actually just do it and loan them out on a system, but they Yeah, I think as well, maybe maybe ten years, I think it becomes less controversial. But we saw it with Bright uh, sorry, we saw it with Leicester, saw it with South Southampton. It can only go on so long. But that is all we've got time for today. That just about wraps us up. As we've said before, we want to hear your thoughts. And we also want to hear your unpopular football opinions. You know where we are on Instagram. You know where we are on TikTok. Follow us on all channels and put your comments down below. But as always, like, comment and subscribe. You know the drill. Thank <music> you.